Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. So the first Sunday of Advent represents hope, and hope is exactly what we have in Jesus. And I think this is important today because we live in a world that feels as if there is no hope. There are all these problems. Every direction that we look, it seems like there's bad news. You get, in, uh, you get on the social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, wherever it may be, and it's just like a, a dumpster fire of negativity in our lives. And that's something that we all wake up to almost every single morning. It's the first thing that we do on our phones. And people really just want to hear more about this message of hope. So there's this important theme in the Christmas season that we're going to discuss for the next four weeks, and this is something that we're going to start today, and it's the idea of this name, Emmanuel. We're going to do some other things with this, but we're really going to focus on this name, Emmanuel. So we we first get this in a prophecy by a man named Isaiah. Isaiah 7.14 says this, and this is looking way, way ahead into the future. In fact, 700 years into the future, Isaiah 7.14 says this, therefore the Lord will give you a sign, talking about things to come. The young woman is pregnant and is about to give birth to a son, and she will call him Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel with an I is Hebrew. Now, look, 700 years later, we see in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, as as we're going through this genealogy of what Christ is, is coming from and going to be, it says this, 700 years later, look, A virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. You notice Emmanuel with an E. This is the uh, the Greek transliteration. Is why you see an E sometimes and an I sometimes. It's the same name. Emmanuel means God with us. So what does this mean for us today when we talk about this reality of God with us? At the heart of what we're talking about is that in flesh, in the presence of a baby, that's eventually going to become a teenager, and then eventually become a man in his 20s and 30s, we are going to see the embodiment and the living presence of God that we can still experience today. So there is little language in all of Scripture as intimate and personal, and warm, as this idea, this name, God with us. It provides this incredibly intimate portrait of what a relationship with God is supposed to look like individually, but also, more importantly, collectively, as a body of people that meet regularly and do life together, what we call the body of Christ. So how is it that God is with us? If you need hope today, 
if you need comfort today, how is it that God, theologically, if we look through Scripture, how is God actually with us? First, He is omnipresent. And this means He is in every place, every place, at all times. He's omnipotent. And this means He is all-powerful. It feels good to know that we serve an all-powerful God. He's omniscient which means he is also all-knowing. And you say, no, I know everything. No, me and my friends, this group that we know, these people, this social media influence, they know everything. No, God knows everything. This means that he is not far for many of us. Acts 17, 27. His presence fills all of creation. He is the one who fills all in all. Ephesians 1.23, for all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made. John 1.3, God is ultimately involved with every aspect of creation, including and especially human beings. This is very good news for you. Genesis 1.27, from the moment of conception, not birth, from the moment of conception, God is with us. Psalm 139, 15, and 16. We serve a powerful God. We serve an amazing God. We are covered and surrounded in our darkest moments when you feel like you can't go on because the addiction or the anxiety or the loneliness or the hurt from your past or the constant struggle that you're going through, whatever it might look like, it means in that very moment, God is not only close, but God is closer than close. In this moment, as some of you probably came in here this morning, we have a few first-time guests with us today. I'm just not sure about church. I've not been in church in a long time. God is in this place today. So what we're going to do over the next four weeks is we are going to take four Old Testament characters, some of which you may be familiar with, others that you may, like the one today, Deborah, that you may not be as familiar with. We're going to take these stories And what we're going to do is we're going to show how God was with these individuals, but also how God is with us through everything that we do. So if you have your Bible and you want to turn there, you can turn to Judges chapter 4. However, I will say this, we are going to read certain segments of chapter 4. So it might be a little bit easier to, uh, to follow up here on the screen if you guys want to go ahead and pull that up. If you want to use your phone or anything like that, that's perfectly fine, your Bible. But it's going to be a little bit easier today because I'm going to have to flesh out this story a little bit as well. So if you want to go back and look later, it is going to be Judges chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. It's an incredible story that unfortunately isn't talked about very often that we're going to dive into today. All right, Judges chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. So after Ehud had died, the Israelites again again did things that the Lord saw as evil. So this is a very dark time. You know the history of Israel, a lot of you do, and it's like this up and down and up and down. They're doing really well, then there's this period of sin. They do really good, God pulls them back, and then there's this period of estrangement. This is a really, really hard time for them. So the Lord gave them over to King Jabin of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. The commander of his army was Sisera. The Israelites cried out to the Lord because Sisera had 900 chariots and had oppressed the Israelites cruelly for 20 years. So this right now is a 20-year period of bad behavior. This is a 20-year period of oppression. Now Deborah, a prophet, was a leader 
of Israel at the time. She would sit under Deborah's palm tree between Ramah and Bethel, and the Israelites would come to her to settle disputes. This is what it meant to be a judge. She was the only female judge. She went to work for Barak. I'm sorry. She sent word to Barak, Abinoam's son, and said to him, hasn't the Lord Israel's God issued you with a command? So Barak is the commander of the army, the same way that Sisera is um, for the opposing side. Go and assemble at Mount Tabor. This is what she's telling Barak. Take 10,000 men from the people with you. What I'm going to do, because she has a plan, is I'll lure Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, to assemble with his chariots and troops against you at the Kishon River, and then I'm going to help you overpower them. So she is completely leading the way here. Barak replied to her, he's kind of a coward. Let's just be honest. If you'll go with me, I'll go. But if you don't, I'm not going to go. So Deborah answered, well, I'll definitely go with you. However, the path that you're taking won't bring honor to you because the Lord will hand over Sisera to a woman. Then Deborah got up and went back to Bar- with Barak to Kadesh. 10,000 men marched out behind him. So now at this point, he's, he's feeling a little bit more confident because Deborah's with him and he's got his entire army behind him. Deborah marched out with them too. When it was reported to Sisera that Barak had marched up to Mount Tabor, Sisera summoned, because he knows they're coming, all of his 900 chariots and all of the soldiers who were with them. Then Deborah said to Barak, get up. This is the day that the Lord has handed Sisera over to you. Keep in mind that the battle has not happened. But she's already making claim that Israel is going to be victorious. We are going to win this battle. Hasn't the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men behind him. He has more confidence now. The Lord threw Sisera. This is the opposing battle. And think about this in your life. The Lord threw Sisera and all the chariots and army into a panic before Barak. Sisera himself got down from his chariot, this, this powerful military commander, and fled on foot. Barak pursued the chariots and the army all the way back, killing Sisera's entire army with the sword, and no one survived. So the Israelites have faced, just to give you just a cliff notes of what we just read, the Israelites have suffered 20 years of oppression. And some of you in your life right now, regardless of what's going on, maybe it's the stress of the holidays, maybe it's a a loved one that's not going to be with you this year, maybe it's financially where you are, you feel like 900 chariots are preparing for battle against you. Whatever it might look like, each individual case in this church is different or around the world. But there is a sense of hopelessness that so many people have. Sometimes it really hits our self-esteem. Sometimes we're, we're just very insecure. Sometimes we don't feel accepted. We don't feel as if we could be loved by God, let alone God be with us at all times. So whatever this may look like, loneliness, anxiety, misplacement, confusion, grief, whatever it may be, the holidays, you know, are a very difficult time for a lot of people. You know, I woke up this morning, first day of Advent, last Saturday, 
we got our Christmas tree, and there's something about, because I had, I had a few years, I guess I was probably a Scrooge, didn't put a Christmas tree up, I was single, but you know what, whenever uh, we had small kids, first when Callie was five, but then when we had small kids again, it just all of a sudden gets exciting again. Like a lot of you know what that's like, but for some of you in here, you dread seeing the holidays come, or maybe you dread this specific holiday this year coming for whatever reason. People struggle through these things. But you see, Deborah was able to see something that the Israelites were not able to see. So they're going through this oppression. They're going through this difficulty. They're like, what are we going to do? We've had this many years of this. God is finished with us. We're done. We're over. But she is able to see something that they are not able to see. She has an unshakable confidence that God is going to come through. Now, are the numbers stacked against them? Yes. Does it feel like often the numbers are stacked against you in your life? Do the obstacles seem like this 900 chariots that could attack you at any time? Yes. But you see her disposition and where she is, just like this series that we just went through on emotions. You guys remember what we talked about? We talked about how life is up and down all the time. One minute, everything feels wonderful. It seems like everything is going your way. But then all of a sudden, there are all of these problems. There are all of these circumstances, these obstacles, these things that we go through. And here's what's going on with Deborah. None of that matters. I have a concrete understanding that my God is with me regardless of what I go through. And this is the place that she is. So the deliverance of the Israelites is possible But it requires a leader that understands the character of God, the true character of God. Not just this, God wants to be my friend, God's like the therapist, God's like the the genie that you just rubbed the bottle. This real God that we just talked about that is all-knowing, that is all-seeing, that is all-powerful, that is present in everything that we do. Do you really believe in that God? Can you cry out to God? And maybe this, this week, whenever you pray, Instead of saying God or Father or Jesus or Spirit or or however you pray, maybe when you pray this week, you need to pray Emmanuel because you're walking right into that prayer, understanding that I'm not throwing words at the roof of my car for them to come back down. I'm not just rolling around in bed and praying until I fall asleep, but that the presence of God is with me right this very second. And you see, we don't live like that. We live like God is far, far away and just comes around whenever we need something. And that's not true. So what can we say illustrates this idea of God with us or Emmanuel in the story of Deborah and Barak? The first point I'll make is this. Deborah had the confidence to go with Barak because she knew that God was with her. She wasn't just willing, you know, most people aren't going to say, you know, oh, 900 chariots, okay, we'll assemble some men. Let's just walk into battle and see what happens. She proclaims victory before the battle ever begins because she has an understanding of the power of God in their lives. This is what the passage tells us. Barak replied to her, if you go with me, I'll go. But if not, I won't go. I understand the God that's on your side. This is a little bit foreign to me. I see the confidence that's coming from you, but I don't quite have that. So if you'll march into battle with me, I'm going to go. Deborah answered, well, I'll definitely go with you. 
However, the path you're taking is not going to bring honor to you. Even though you're the commander, it's not going to bring honor to you because the Lord is going to hand to Sarah to a woman. So Deborah, just to give you a little bit of her background, she spends much of her time under what we call the Deborah tree. People come to her for advice, to settle disputes, and to have cases judged. She's a prophet that God has also appointed as a judge. This is before Israel has a monarchy. So think before David, before Saul, before Solomon, before these other individuals, when Israel demands a king, they are ruled by judges. That's what she does. She is a spiritual and civil leader on the highest possible level, spiritually and governmental, that you can possibly imagine. She is leading during a time in which Israel is under God's judgment. So you know that this has got to be a pretty special person. You know that this has got to be an individual that is, that is able to walk through some very, very difficult things. Now, this is the important thing to understand. Deborah didn't march toward battle with Barak simply because she was bold. Now, she was, all right, but it's more than that. She didn't simply do so because it was in her job description. Now, it was to oversee, but there's more than that. She didn't do it to avoid looking like a coward, though that probably played something in it. Simply put, Deborah went with him because she understood that God was with her. So the things that you're going to face tomorrow, Monday, the tension that you have with that person that you work with, the new job that you just started, the holiday season and the stress that can sometimes come with that, the difficult people, the difficult family members, the person that comes into your life that you just quite frankly can't stand, that brings all this anxiety, the financial pressure that you feel, the mental, the mental health issues that you may have, the addiction that you could be struggling with, the marriage that is in a very difficult place. Are you truly walking through every moment of your life as if God is right beside me? God is right here. Because when you march into these battles, and some of you, you, you know what I'm talking about, you have a battle today. Because of maybe a phone call that you have to make. Maybe with, it's with an ex. You're trying to share custody. You, you know how difficult that relationship is. It's a family member. And right now some other family members are, are talking. Should we, should we have him over for the holidays? Should we not have him over for the, for the holidays? What if he wrecks everything? What if she wrecks everything? What if it looks like this? And there are some moments. For some of us. That are just absolutely mind numbing. And the anxiety and the struggle and the self-doubt is so incredible that we don't feel like God is with us. We feel like we're walking into this moment. In fact, we've forgotten that this God is with us in every single moment. So as a believer, when you accept the reality that God is with you, you can face everything. You can face anything that comes your way in your life. And you just start to see miracles happening all around you. You can face the diagnosis. You can face the calling. God, you're calling me. I don't, I don't know how to, to teach. I don't know how to serve in this way. I don't know how to go overseas and, and be a missionary. I don't know how to step up in this area of my church. You can face that. 
if you understand that God is with you. You can face the conflict because most of us are not conflict people. We don't like it. We sweep it under a rug. You can face this if you understand that God is with you. You can face the financial crisis because some of you, we just get surprises all the time. With these new things happening in our lives, you can face the difficult holiday that some of you are walking into right now. Now, when you can't trust that God is with you, because for some of you, your trust is weak. Like, I don't, I don't pray very much. I don't read the Bible. I've distanced myself. God's let me down. That's the way we see it. God's let me down. God's hurt me. I, I wanted things to work out this way, and they didn't work out this way. But when you can't trust that God is with you, like Barak's dilemma, Everything looks like a mountain. Everything looks like an obstacle. God is putting something right in front of you that he wants you to see. And it looks like something bad. It looks like a valley. It looks like something that you can't conquer. God is with you. And you know, it's very difficult for me, or was very difficult for me at a long time. But after years of struggle... And after years of horrible dependency on substances and other things, that as I walked through that, after accepting Christ at 16 years old, that God was with me every step of the way. So you take these amazing characteristics, you take these and you stand on them as a promise in your life that he is going to see over you. So, so Deborah, she goes on, she tells Barak this. She says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lure the other commander to get his troops ready. He's going to get his troops ready. They're all going to be there. And then this is what's going to happen. I'll get them set up by the Kishon River. That's where they're going to be. And then I'm going to help you overpower him. And she doesn't even flinch. I mean, most people, whenever they go into important decisions, there's at least a little bit of anxiety. Okay, God, I really, really hope that you come through. And this is the reason that she's chosen as a judge and as Israel's leader in this way. Because she doesn't even flinch. She has complete confidence. And as you step in to whatever you step into, because some of you may say, you know what? My life is pretty good. You know, I have a good family. Been married for years. Gonna get married soon. Got a good job. All of these wonderful blessings. Every single month, as a pastor that deals with people one-on-one -on -one or with a marriage, I can tell you that there are people in this room and there are people that are not here today that are in this church that for no good reason, the bottom just falls out. And there are some people that are in here right now. And maybe right now things are good. And you are on that mountain. But you know the experience of the bottom falling out. And what do you do in those moments? What do you do in those situations where things have been so predictable? And things have been so good. But then all of a sudden you feel because you haven't spiritually prepared yourself. That there is nowhere to turn. It's why... When you're conquering, when you're on the mountaintop, when things are good, that you're appreciating that? Because sometimes the valleys are small. 
you have an argument with one of your kids, there's a bump in the road with money, small things. But there are other times, I'm telling you, and some of you know this from experience because you have lived through some serious wounds that the bottom completely falls out. And if you don't have this reality in your life, you are going to go to what appears to be better options. So it's important that you have this understanding. So notice also that Deborah's confidence is so contagious. Her reality that God is with her is so contagious that God also goes before Barak. And this is what the passage tells us in 13 and 14. Sisera summoned all of his 900 chariots and the soldiers who were with him. He's ready to go. He is ready to absolutely destroy Israel. Then Deborah said to Barak, get up. This is the day that the Lord has handed this army over to you. Why? Hasn't the Lord gone before you? And you know what happens next? This opposing army, this army that is superior, this army that is ruled, this army, whatever it may look like in your life that is about to destroy you, when you recognize that God is with you, the enemy, the anxiety, the doubt, the financial struggle is thrown into a complete panic. When you understand that God is on your side, when you understand that he is with you in every single moment of your life, and you have the confidence to approach every single battle in the exact same way that Deborah is able to, it doesn't matter what substance you struggle with. It doesn't matter how bad your marriage appears to be. It doesn't matter how estranged your child is. When you recognize who is with you, the enemy flees on foot. So what happens in this situation is that you got Sisera, and not only is the army just fleeing, it's going away. But when it recognizes that God is on her side, he literally gets off of the horse and starts running himself. Can you see and imagine your greatest fear and your greatest struggle and that thing that keeps you up at night and your confidence is so low because you're struggling with the same thing over and over again? Can you just imagine when you ignite the power of God in your heart, watching this thing run and never look back. But you see, we don't access that power. We don't understand what that means. We say, our circumstances are so hard. Well, I wish I could quit repeating this behavior and this pattern over and over again. I wish I could be a good spouse. I wish I could be faithful. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. We're not accessing the power that we have at all times. You see, there's that side, the confidence of that. But there's also this intimate side. And that's the sweet side of the Spirit that has just been so present in my life in the last two or three weeks, because I'm one of those kind of people that says, I mess up, and I mess up, and I get all this guilt going on, and God, I should have spent more time with you yesterday, and I, I should have done this, and I should have done that. And it's like this sweet Spirit that rushes over me and says, you are mine, you are okay. I'm with you. I'm with you everywhere you go. When you walk around in circles and you're struggling and you're anxious and all these problems are going on, I am with you in every 
single moment. I mean, can you think about that? Think about that right now. You're thinking, I feel alone. I'm struggling. But the presence of God, your heart is beating right now. And God is controlling every single be- It's that intimate. And we just go through our lives not even thinking about these things. How you approach your battle matters. There are times that our circumstances just feel so much bigger than God. And that's what the enemy does. Talk to people all the time. This is what they say. I'm just so tired and I can't do it anymore. And that may be where some of you are today. We do get that way. We just get very, very tired. Uh, too much of, of, of other family members just driving us crazy. Work driving us crazy. We feel like we're putting forth every effort. We're working in the flesh with our own energy. And we get so tired because we're not accessing the source. Some people say, I'll never be able to trust my husband. Or I'll never be able to trust my wife ever again. Some people say, this depression is debilitating. When you're trying to pull those covers off, and those covers feel like they weigh 60 pounds. And it takes everything that you have within you just to take a shower. Just to fix yourself something to eat. It just feels like it's too much for people. Other people say, I just, I hate my job. Others say, there is no way that I can make it through this holiday. And some of you need to be able to access that hope today. I hope that when I use the word Advent, which means arrival, that you don't just see that as a churchy word or a word that you didn't grow up with. But it means the coming Christ is here and here today. And that should access something within you. You have life. Everything is taken care of. You just have to access what is there. We look out and we see 900 chariots that want to eat us alive. Some of you feel fine right now. But 8 or 9 o'clock... Tonight, when the darkness of what you are really starts to settle in, or maybe for some of you it's early in the morning, for others of you it's wrestling because you can't sleep, and those 900 chariots are there, and you're, you're Barak, and you're saying, what am I going to do? There is no possible way that I can face this on my own. But Deborah says, this is the day that the Lord has handed Sisera over to you. Hasn't the Lord gone before you? Isn't the Lord present to take care? It's just amazing when you start to trust that and when you start to live with that and you thought there were all of these things in your life that you wanted and there was a way that it was supposed to turn out. And then God makes it turn out in this way that you never could have imagined that somehow makes you happier than what you could have ever accessed on your own. I can tell you that I spent, as I just mentioned, around 12 years running from God, and God was there. I have had major episodes of anxiety and depression in my life 
and God was there. I have been awake all night at different times about leadership decisions and not understanding what to do, and God was there. There have been moments in my life that I felt like a bad parent. There have been moments in my life that I felt like a not-so-good husband, and God was there. There have been times that I have felt like quitting, and God was there. So one more passage from Isaiah as we get close to closing this morning, Isaiah 47.10, on this topic of Emmanuel. The prophet Isaiah says this about Emmanuel. Don't fear, because I am with you. And we could stop right there, because you need to understand that today. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, do not fear because I am with you. Don't be afraid, for I am your God. Do you see how personal this is? And if we get into the Hebrew, it doesn't say, I'm the God of some of those people. I'm a God among many gods. I'm the God of your cousin. I am your God. And I want to intimately know you. And I'm going to walk you through everything that you go through. And it's going to be hard. And there are going to be difficult moments, but I am going to be there to strengthen you every single step of the way. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. I will hold you up with my righteous, strong hand. So as you're crying, as you feel weak, as you tell yourself you're just the same screw up that's messed up over and over, as you're turning things over in that moment, you can't feel this, but you're being elevated. And you're being raised up. And God is saying, I am going to take care of you through everything that you face. So how does a person internalize this idea of God being with us and God being for us? First, you have to accept that this life of Christianity is not a rose garden. It's not always going to be perfect. That there are going to be undesirable things that are going to happen in your life, and they're going to happen a lot. And I can promise you this. The more persistent you are in following Jesus, and the more consistent you are, because you see, this is what I do. When I turn more over to God, and I say, God, use me. I have enough experience at this point to where I feel very free by that statement, and at the same time scared absolutely to death. Because everything around me is about to start falling apart in new ways. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, God, can I take that back? But I know what it's like to walk through these moments that are so difficult and are such a struggle. But you just have to accept people are going to turn their backs on you. People are going to hurt you. You are going to find yourself in circumstances. And Beth and I have many, many times where like life could have been so much easier and so much better had we not made the decision to enter into ministry. Undesirable circumstances and sometimes just life. Things in life are going to happen. I know this feels like a strange place to start, but Deborah had, had led in this time when Israel had turned away from God and her military commander appears to be a coward. Those are undesirable circumstances. But one could argue that her circumstances could have felt bigger than her God. But then next, your trust in God 
must rise above these undesirable circumstances that are going to happen in your life. Deborah had not only risen to this place, but she inspired Barak to be able to do the same. And the reason for that is because it is contagious. God is with you, regardless of what you're facing. And I'm saying that to everyone today, but I'm saying that more so to those of you that are brokenhearted, to those of you that are in a difficult season, to those of you that don't understand or know what your next move should be. God is with you at all times. Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you so much, God, for the work that you're doing at Believer's Church. God, and as there are, are, are people that are in here, Father, we, we come in here and we put on a smile as if everything's okay. But the truth and the reality is that life can be very, very hard sometimes. And the concrete truth and reality comes from a personal relationship with you. And I pray, God, for the hurt, the damage, the struggle, whatever it may be in a person's life today, that you move us closer to you, God, in this season. Let this be a Christmas season that is like none that we have ever been through before. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.